Welcome to the Healing Hub Podcast, a podcast dedicated to those living with CRPS and designed to provide hope and empower you to reach your goals and your dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Tracy Patterson. Join me weekly where we will be discussing CRPS, sharing personal stories, and even talking with guests. Hello and welcome to the Healing Hub Podcast. This is Dr. Tracy Patterson and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're able to join me today. On today's podcast, we'll be talking about the impact of CRPS in children, the challenges, the impact, and finding viable treatment options. So let's go ahead and jump in to this really important topic. Complex Regional Pain Syndrome, CRPS, in children and adults has a profound effect not only on the individual, the child, but as the whole family system. The stress, the anxiety, the what-ifs, the unknowns can simply feel overwhelming and daunting. Going from doctor to doctor, searching for a diagnosis, going through testing procedures, and for some, even unnecessary surgeries. And then you have the trips to the ER. Doctors questioning the pain and sometimes even questioning the parents. The impact on everyone, well, it's real. And it can rock your world to the core when you're a parent just trying to do the right thing and searching for answers for your child. Questions going to doctors, trying to get the help that you so desperately need. And some families even find themselves dangerously close to be accused of child abuse or even Munchausen by proxy. And this makes it very difficult for everyone involved, the child, the parent, the entire family unit. But yet getting that diagnosis is key So you have an idea of what road you need to go down. And then finding the viable treatment options are even more important. At the same time, knowing it's okay to opt out of a treatment. It's okay to say no to a program that simply isn't the right fit for your child or your family. You have a right to say no and you have a right to say yes. You have a right to have questions and you have a right to search for a program or treatment that you know is the right fit. And knowing your child, you all have a voice. You have to have a say in the treatment. And at the same time, you need to have those conversations with your child, your tween, your teen, your adolescent, and allow them to be part of that process. Because they already feel like, They're isolated and they've lost control and everybody else is making the decisions for them. So it's time to let their voice be heard to discuss the treatments, discuss the diagnosis and find the right road to moving forward. But yes, as a parent, we have to make those tough decisions, but the conversations need to be had to discuss the options because you're all part of that journey. And this is why it's so important to know that you're not alone And the biggest thing I want you to hear is there is hope and there is help. There is life 
after a diagnosis of CRPS. And I always say that children have a harder or a harder road than the adults, and a lot of people will disagree with me on that. And don't get me wrong, CRPS can seem insurmountable regardless of age. But our children, the reality is they don't have the same life experiences to draw upon, and more importantly, a lot of medical professionals are dismissing them, and they're not being heard. Children, tweens, teens, adolescents with CRPS often report feeling isolated from their peers and school systems, missing out on sports and other activities, just hanging out with their friends, and feeling as though no one understands them and no one understands what they're going through, much less their diagnosis. They struggle with their own understanding of the condition, including the possible causes. Even appropriate treatments can be overwhelming for everyone that's involved. The signs and symptoms of CRPS, especially in pediatric cases, often lead to prolonged searching for an accurate diagnosis and a treatment plan more times than not, resulting in frustration, confusion, feeling of being disbelieved, especially from the person diagnosed. Now, once CRPS is identified and diagnosed, most families are then referred to their pain management doctor, a rheumatologist, or more often into what they call intensive functional pain rehabilitation programs. I lovingly call them pediatric pain programs or boot camps. A lot of parents and a lot of families are also told that there's a six month or a 12 month window of quote opportunity to beat CRPS. But what about those people that aren't even diagnosed in six to 12 months? What about those individuals that have been living with CRPS for years or decades? Who created that particular timeline? Well, I'm here to say loud and clear that window of opportunity to overcome CRPS, it's not set in stone. And if I use myself as an example, I lived with type two CRPS for seven years. And during that time, I spread through close to 80% of my body. Yet I was able to gain long-term remission. I'm pain-free. I want every single person listening to this to know that there is hope and there is life after that diagnosis of CRPS. It's just about finding right road, the right treatments, the right protocols that are going to help you or your child to move forward. And so many children and their families are directed to these pediatric pain programs, both inpatient and outpatient at some of the top medical facilities and even universities, both in the United States and abroad. And these programs focus or aim to provide specialized care to children and adolescents who are suffering from a variety of different chronic pain syndromes, including CRPS and AMPS. The goals of the programs are to promote healthy daily functioning at home, school, and even in the community. And they offer a continuum of services for evaluation and what they call non-narcotic treatment of chronic pain and functional disabilities in both children and adolescents. It's also an interdisciplinary team, so that includes pain management, a pain psychologist more times than not, PT and or OT, and a lot of times a nutritionist or even a dietitian. So our kids are going to do extensive PT and OT. They're also going to do desensitization. That all sounds great, right? Well, a lot of the children that are going through these programs, they are increasing their ability to function. And that alone is absolutely amazing. Don't get me wrong. 
But although they're walking and functioning, it doesn't mean that their pain levels have dropped. Instead, it's reinforced to them that they need to just learn to push through their pain. They need to learn to live with their pain. And children are told that they just need to push. And they're told it's best to just realize this is your new life. And you may not be able to get back to those activities that you love. So how is this a true solution? Our children need hope and they need help. They don't need to be told that this is their new life. They don't need to be told, suck it up, buttercup. They need to have viable treatment options that are going to help them to decrease their pain. That alone is going to help them increase function and then being able to take the next steps to overcome or manage CRPS. They need to have those viable treatment options that are going to truly help them drop those pain levels. They need a treatment or program that's going to promote healing. They need a program that will be individualized to meet their specific needs. And this then in turn provides them the tools and the resources to have long-term outcomes, to get back to school, to get back to sports, to get back to their friends, to do the things that they truly want to do. Now, just to give you an idea of what some of the young adults, what some of the adolescents or teens are saying about these programs afterwards, there's a post that was on social media. It's a young lady that's talking about an inpatient pediatric program on the East Coast. And these are her words, not mine. But I feel that they need to be heard loud and clear, not only on social media, but the information needs to be out there so we can make informed decisions on what's best for our children, our teens, our family members. So her post starts May of 2019, four weeks of my life that I've tried to completely ignore, acting like the situation didn't happen. Yet I go back and I think about it often, the traumatic events that happened. Humans, especially young children, should not have to go through what we all went through. We were cussed out, violated, and punished if we didn't do exactly what they asked us to do. And they would even physically grab and force us through exercises. The thing is, we weren't allowed to text our parents or even call our parents. And there were zero pictures allowed at this particular facility. Why no pictures? Because they wanted to hide what they were doing to myself and the other kids in the program. They threw me into the biggest flare of my life as a physical therapist forced me to put on a tennis shoe when at that point I hadn't been able to put a shoe on in over eight months. They did this not by myself, but in front of other kids in the program while in group therapy. We weren't allowed to talk about our illness or what would possibly make us worse. Instantly, when this happened, I was extremely upset and in severe pain. So they pulled me from the group and they blamed me for disrupting, disrupting the group instead of helping me I was left to sit in an empty classroom alone for hours while everyone could hear or watch me scream and cry through the glass door. It was like I was a puppet. I was on display and I couldn't help myself at all. And I was pleading for help. I was pleading for them to call my mom, but they wouldn't call her. They refused to call my mom. And even if I tried, I'd have my phone taken away too. 
I felt in that moment that I was done with life. I was ready to end it. No 15-year-old should ever have to go through this. Yet doctors are advising parents and kids daily to participate in these programs, leaving all of us with more trauma and harm than any good. The moral of my post, please don't send your child to a program like this. And I happily share my story in hopes that I can save others from going through this. Wow. That is powerful. And as a parent myself, in all honesty, it breaks my heart. It hurt me to read that. As a CRPS survivor, it infuriates me. No one, especially our kids, should be treated like that. And every pediatric pain program is not the same. So don't get me wrong. But a lot of the programs mirror exactly what this young lady was talking about. And again, not all of the pediatric pain programs are there. But my question is, especially with the inpatient programs and even some of the outpatient programs, why aren't the parents allowed to be there? That's my question. Why? As a parent, I could never leave my child in a program where I wasn't allowed to be there. I could never put my child through a program where I could not communicate with them on a daily basis. So I think that's a big question to ask if you're going into a program, why are you not allowed to be there? And I've heard so many stories from other parents and even children and teens that have participated in these programs. Even earlier this year, I had another family come in from the East Coast and had a very similar experience is to the one that I just read you. And the mom talked to me on the side confidentially saying she had no idea. She had no idea that her daughter would be leaving this program, a pediatric boot program, pain program, with more trauma than what she entered with. But yet her pain levels still did not drop. Kids are blaming the parents for putting them through the programs, and the parents are beating themselves up because no one knew the ins and outs of the program. Advocacy becomes a necessary skill when our children are living with chronic pain. And many people, many parents report that they repeatedly have to advocate for their children, reminding doctors that they are in pain and reminding physicians and clinicians and different programs of the specific needs that their child have, their children have. And others say they stand up for their children at pain management clinics, to physicians, to clinicians, to pharmacists, and even family members, even teachers who don't understand what their children are going through. But especially when your child is told, but you look healthy. Ugh. Every day, people with CRPS and chronic pain put on that brave face. They put up that facade to just try and live their life in spite of the pain and the medical challenges and even the endless appointments. It's not always easy, and some days simply feel impossible. So I want you to hear and know that I get it, you're heard. To the thousands and thousands of kids and adults out there living with CRPS and complex medical conditions, know that you're heard and know that you're not alone. Advocacy or advocating for a loved one can feel overwhelming, but it's necessary. Now, we've all read Maya's story. There was even a documentary put out about her story, a write-up in People magazine. 
But I want to touch on that really quickly for those of you that perhaps haven't heard about it. In 2015, Maya was nine years old when she began experiencing asthma attacks, headaches, lesions that formed on her legs and arms and even her feet cramping and curling. And a lot of doctors were puzzled by her symptoms and at least one suggested to her parents it was all in her head. But Maya was in pain 24-7 according to her dad and he knew that she wasn't faking it. Her mom was then told about CRPS, a rare neurological condition that can cause that constant pain, the burning sensations, extreme sensitivity to touch. And the condition is horrible. And that's what we're talking about today. So the family at the time turned to Dr. Kirkpatrick, an anesthesiologist and pharmacologist out of Tampa, Florida, who specialized in CRPS. And he officially diagnosed Maya with CRPS. Now, Dr. Kirkpatrick started treating Maya with infusions of ketamine, and her symptoms continued to persist, so he suggested a more drastic treatment, and at the time, it was a five-day ketamine coma, at which the nervous system's flooded with high doses of ketamine, and it helps to reset the nervous system. It was still experimental in the United States and not approved by the FDA, so the family would need to travel to Mexico to have it done. It was risky. But they felt like that was the only hope they had. So Maya underwent that November 2015, ultimately helping her debilitating symptoms. And Maya recalls feeling amazing afterwards. And she continued to do ketamine infusions to control or manage her CRPS with Dr. Kirkpatrick. And her CRPS seemed to be managed. But yet in October 2016, Maya was rushed to the ER at John Hopkins All Children's Hospital in St. Petersburg, Florida with crippling stomach pain. Parents explained to the medical team that Maya had CRPS and her mom, who was even a trained RN, pleaded with the doctors to administer a high dose of ketamine via IV, a treatment that they believed would be effective because that's what helped in the past. But the request and the concern raised flags to the hospital staff, and they in turn alerted Child Protective Services. An investigative team accused the mom of child abuse by Munchausen by proxy, a mental disorder in which a caretaker puts their child or family member through fake symptoms and ca- or causes real symptoms to make it appear that child is injured or ill. The court system ordered a psychological evaluation and eventually determined that mom did not have a mental illness. But less than a week later, Maya, who was checked into John Hopkins, was placed in state custody and remained in the hospital away from her family for more than three months. That's called medical kidnapping. And according to Maya, one day she was in the ICU and her mom kissed her on the forehead and said she loved her and she'd see her tomorrow, but yet she never came back. Maya was medically kidnapped. She tried being hopeful But there was a point where she thought she'd never get out of that place. Without any contact with her daughter, the mom was deteriorating. According to her dad, the mom would stay up and research and hardly eat. Judge in a hearing denied the mom the chance to even give her daughter a hug, and it destroyed her. And she was inconsolable afterwards. After more than 87 days without her daughter, the mom died by suicide in January of 2017, at the age of 43. And she wrote in a note or an email that she was sorry, but she could no longer take the pain of being away from her daughter and being treated like a criminal. 
and that she couldn't watch her daughter suffer in pain and keep getting worse. Their daughter Maya was already hurting, and now the dad had to tell her that her mother had passed. It was horrible. No family should have to go through that. But yet it still happens today. And people say, that's impossible. That can't happen in the United States. But the reality is, it is happening. So with all of that said, the next question is, is how do you find a correct treatment, a right treatment for your child, your family member? The first step is to truly understand CRPS, understanding the driver or the mechanism, which is fight or flight also known as the sympathetic overload. We're consistently hearing people talk, especially in social media, during podcasts, lectures, reading books. We consistently hear about the fight or flight, but why isn't it being addressed when it comes to CRPS? The fight or flight response, also known as an acute stress response, refers to a physiological reaction that occurs in the presence of something terrifying. It can be physical or mental. The response is then triggered, and it triggers a release of hormones that prepare our body for danger, for a threat to stay away. Think of it as the body being in overdrive or full throttle, but yet your body needs to be able to come back to neutral. That's what happens with fight or flight. In that response to that acute stress, the body's sympathetic nervous system is activated, and then there's a sudden release of hormones, and the hormones cause the nervous system to overstimulate. This then affects the pituitary gland, the adrenal glands, and this triggers the release neurochemicals, hormones, neuropeptides in the body, including adrenaline, noradrenaline, and even cortisol. And it's a chain of reactions that then results in increased heart rate, blood pressure, increase in our breathing rate. So those with CRPS and on other types of chronic pain diagnoses, this actually increases their pain levels too. In a normal situation, the body can stay in fight or flight for 20 to 60 minutes after the threat's gone. But when your autonomic nervous system is not in balance, we're not in harmony, we're not in homeostasis, and we're dealing with CRPS, our body is constantly in that state of fight or flight. It's staying in that state of fight or flight, and that then can trigger other dominoes, which can lead to increase in pain. It can lead to other issues throughout the human body. The sympathetic nervous system promotes fight or flight response where the parasympathetic nervous system helps to calm down the body and that is tied into rest and digest. So therefore, the first step to effectively treating CRPS, in my opinion, is addressing fight or flight, addressing that response and balancing the autonomic nervous system. And this will automatically drop pain levels. And as the pain levels drop, then you can work on breaking a pain loop, increasing restorative sleep. These are all key pieces that help the body to heal. Then you can work on function, strength, stamina, range of motion. So it's time to take a new look at CRPS and chronic pain. The days of simply treating the symptoms need to be over. CRPS and many other chronic pain conditions or diagnoses They're complex diagnosis that can lead to a pandemic of uncertainty and suffering for millions of people around the globe. And the challenges range from uncertain diagnostic testing to ineffective treatments. CRPS and chronic pain diagnosis are multifaceted. They're systemic diagnosis that require a multi-level integrative approach. 
So holistic center treatment takes a new look at CRPS and chronic pain. Our program is designed to take into account the multiple aspects of a diagnosis and even coexisting conditions and addressing them on multiple levels. So what makes us different is we're treating the whole person and not just the symptoms. Despite the fact that CRPS and chronic pain are serious, we believe that they can be managed or we can overcome them. And our approach to fighting CRPS and chronic pain is integrative, using the best and cutting-edge science and technology and wrapping those in evidence-based holistic modalities to treat the person as a whole, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and help those pieces come together. Our team of experts are ready for the challenge in helping you or your family member to achieve greater health and healing and to have the tools and resources to effectively manage as you move forward. The Holistic Center Treatment Protocol focuses on the importance of what I'm going to call a balanced and foundational approach to treating CRPS, chronic pain, and even coexisting conditions. Not all standard treatments are bad, and not all alternative treatments are good. In fact, it's about the importance of incorporating the best of each category to create an integrative therapy program or protocol. So I'm going to encourage you to search for the answers that are right for you, right for your child or adolescent. Always listen to your instincts. Don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to advocate. It's important to know that healing is not always linear. There are going to be ups and downs and twists and turns. But finding the program where you felt heard, you feel cared for, a program that truly understands what you're going through can be key to you moving forward. And as the founder and president of Holistic Center Treatment, I can say I've honestly walked a mile in the shoes of most CRPS patients. And we provide a program where you or your family member will always be listened to. And regardless of what everybody tells you, we want you to know it's possible to manage CRPS and it's possible to even gain long-term remission. And it's possible to thrive again and we want you to know that healing is possible for you too. And we're here to help you or to answer any questions because I truly do understand what you're going through. And if you want more information on possible treatment options for CRPS or even other chronic pain diagnosis, please contact us. You can go to our website at www.holisticcenteredtreatment.com or contact us at 844-994-0999. We're here to provide you the hope and help that you need, that you're searching for, and I want you to know that you're not alone. You've got this and you can move forward. I hope the Healing Hub podcast has brought you some positive resources and information that's going to help you pull those pieces together. Maybe. We brought you a ray of sunshine and hope too. Together, we can make a difference.